legendary. You in the stands, I ain't need no commentary. If you the competition, you gon' get buried. I don't cheat on the game, we gettin' married. Yeah. They gon' know me as legendary. You in the stands, I ain't need no commentary. Ain't no option, ain't no secondary. Yeah. I just throw it out like a Hail Mary. What is up, Royal Fam? This is your host, Sean Rios, and you are now tuning in into Royal Talk. Now, you guys already know that this is going to be a special episode, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for this episode and this conversation that we're about to have. So, if you guys don't know, this is a special episode called Conversations with Sean Rios. And basically, we talk about cultural things, we talk about social things, we talk about big ideas, and we have a conversation. And so, in this series of Conversations with Sean, I bring different types of people, different types of background, different types of ideas, and different types of perspectives, and we have a conversation, and I allow them to use this platform to express themselves. And I think that's the most beautiful part about what we do here at Royal Talk is not only am I here to empower the listeners, but I wanna bring guests on here that can empower the listeners um, as well. And because there are plenty of people at this university, at Dixie State University, that have the sort of qualities, that have the perspective to empower other students or other peers and I wanna use this opportunity to showcase them. So without further ado, I wanna ask one more thing. I don't ask for any money for the show. I don't ask for any of that. I don't even do ads. The one fee that I ask is that if this podcast means something to you, please share the podcast. We put in a lot of work to make sure that these podcasts are great and that they are a great experience to listen to and I just want to spread the positivity and that is the best way we can grow organically. So if you guys can do that, whether that be word of mouth or just using social media to promote the podcast, I would absolutely love that. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So today, this is going to be a special day. This is going to be a special, special day because I brought a wonderful guest that has come through so much and that has a great perspective on life and when I first met her we connected because she's a very deep thinker and she puts me even on new perspectives on myself so hopefully she puts you on new perspectives when you guys hear her talk um she is very very qualified she's actually the president of B the Black Student Union here at the university how are we doing so chill? Thank you so much, Sean, for having me here on this episode. I really appreciate it and just allowing me to represent the BSU as a whole. And we come here today because all of them are here in spirit, even though they're not physically <laughs> here. But I like oh, to yeah. keep my team along with me because they are an important aspect to me and the foundation that we're creating at Dixie State. So thank you for having us. No problem. And the, the one thing I I have noticed about you, honestly, is that you're never the person that takes the credit for anything. You're always just a team player. And like this is anybody that I've seen, like I've talked to or seen you work with, whether it be other clubs on campus. You have always been a team player. You never take the credit. But 
I want to tell you just face to face that you were a phenomenal leader and that you impact the lives here on campus. Honestly, honestly. Thank so you I'm, so I'm, much. I'm honored to have you here on my podcast. Honestly, I've been wanting this um, for a long time and I'm, fl- I'm glad we finally got the chance to, to sit down here and actually have a conversation. Thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Okay, so we want the listeners to know you just quite a bit. So kind of give us a background of like where you come from, what your childhood was like, and kind of, yeah, kind of just like your history, your backstory. Okay. So my name is Sochil Avila. Um, I am a black and Hispanic mixed race person mm-hmm. and um my mom she's black and then my father he's black and hispanic he's afro latino and um he actually isn't here in the states he actually got deported when i was younger so just having to deal with like that whole family dynamic there it was a very like troubling experience but you know we all go through our trials and tribulations and it was something that I had to learn from just being a mixed race person and just being able to like communicate both in English and in Spanish and stuff. So like I'm a very confusing, I guess what they would call breed because mm. I get that a lot. You like, get called no- a breed. Yes. Wow. So um, I am very confusing to people. I either get called exotic because I don't look like mm-hmm. either of the races that I represent yeah. But um, so growing up, sorry, can I stop you right there? Yes. How does that make you feel when someone calls you exotic based off of what you look like? Um, I feel like like it, it makes me standoffish a little bit because it's like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is that even yeah. it's, it sounds like a backhanded compliment because mm-hmm. of the simple fact that like why do I have like why do I have to look exotic like what is that like what does that even mean like I, I know exotic animals and stuff like they're like praised I guess you could say but it's like I'm not I'm not even sure what that yeah it leaves word, you in a state yeah, of confusion exactly and right. so I just don't really understand when people would say like little things like that it just always made me standoffish of just like who I was as a child like I just Absolutely. I went through a lot of a I guess you could say identity crisis like at one point in time like I was ashamed of like my family and like this the living situation or just like the environment that we were in Mm -hmm. because of the school that I went to it was a predominantly white school and so um a lot of the students they would just like say like little slight comments and stuff or they would just like um talk about their family conditions or their family dynamic and how great it was Mm -hmm. and that they had both parents in their household and um that i would never experience that i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and so eventually obviously i love my family i they're amazing people my mother she's a great person i love her like all like i just love her and so i don't regret any of the things that i had to go through as a child because it made me who I am today, and yeah. it gave me a lot of perspective and how to maneuver, I guess, life and no, just different and, people. And honestly, I can see the strength, you know, just talking to you and just even hearing you, you know, share your story. Um, what I want to kind of touch on is that, so what culture, so you say that you're Hispanic and you're also black. Mm-hmm. What culture did you 
lean on because those are two to- totally different cultures. And so kind of explain your journey there. On I know you said you kind of have an identity crisis. We want to kind of touch <laughs> on that a bit. For sure. Um, but then I'll speak. But yeah. Okay. So the culture that I leaned on the most, I guess you could say, is black. Because I grew up in a black household. Like my grandma, she was black. My grandpa, whenever he came, he was black. He would cook like the soul food and everything. And so before my sister ever got into the picture, I lived in a in a black with a black family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about like the Hispanic culture. Like I knew Spanish because of the simple fact I remembered it at such a young age. And um, my dad would always speak to me when I was younger. And so like I just oh, it was just something. So chill is bilingual, by the way, oh. which is awesome. <laughs> I've been trying to be I was I'm trying to learn Spanish. So but it's just awesome that you're bilingual. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but no, I no, want to let the good. audience know. How cool that is. No, that's that's totally okay. <laughs> um, so like I would always like I would just I would just know Spanish. I guess it was just like something that I didn't have to try too hard at because it was something that was kind of like instilled in me. Like it, I just knew it. Mm-hmm. And so when my sister came into the picture, she would obviously help me like with like grammar and stuff because she grew up in Mexico. So um gotcha. so she had like the whole like um, the culture aspect there and so she knew more about the culture that I was missing mm-hmm. so she brought you some of that culture yes that you were missing yes okay. back home and so we started doing more exploration I guess you could say and just like being like learning about like the his like Hispanic and the um, Latino culture and so um, I respect my sister for that because it was amazing to be able to get that perspective from her although I didn't grow up with it so Mm -hmm. I just grew up with the family dynamic that I had which was my black family members and I love them too so that's interesting that's interesting you know because I am also a mixed race I'm not just black but I'm also Hispanic as well Um, but you know I had my own issues Um, but it's always interesting to hear other people that have different cultures, um, sort of within family, kind of how they sort of navigate that whole journey themselves of finding their identity, you know, finding your identity as a child, um, is, is tough. It's a journey. Um, it's one of those things that I distinctly remember as a child is sort of navigating whether or not, like, should I call myself Hispanic or Afro-Latino, um, or not because I'm, I'm dark skinned, you know, mm-hmm. um, Spanish was my first language that I've ever spoken. However, I was never, I never had a strong, um, connection to that cultural side of me just because I was never around it. Like, like you, I grew up around my black family. Um, I, I grew up with a black mother, a black uncle, you know, I grew up sort of around the black culture. So I never really got to, um, really stay in ties with my, um, Hispanic culture. The only closest thing I had was a nanny that helped me speak Spanish. So I, I understand how that dynamic can work as, um, as a mixed cultural individual. And it's, it's definitely tough. It's definitely a hard journey. And it, you know, I'm glad that you were able to find or your sister was able to help you achieve that other side of yourself that you weren't able to, you know, figure out. And that's something, honestly, that I need to do 
you know, um, for myself is to touch in roots with my, you know, Latino side, you know, like, there's plenty of Afro-Latinos out there that look just like me, you know, um, you know, there's different colors, there's different shapes, there's different type of cultures. And, you know, you have to, I just didn't really know that growing up, right? I grew up um, in, a, in the suburbs and I didn't understand what it meant to be black you know i was told that i was black but you know when you're told that you're black you only have this certain image you know as a child of what black means and so i sort of had to connect my identity with some of those things and some of those things weren't always positive growing up right when i would think about something that was associated with black it wouldn't necessarily be positive and so that's kind of how i had to you know my journey with self-identity has been a long one. And I, I bet a lot of um, African-Americans are, they can, they can speak on that, is finding their, their self-identity and finding that power um, within their identity. You know, um, I, I understand that it can be tough. What does black mean to you? I'm kind of curious. Okay. So when it comes to the meaning of black, I guess you could say. Um, I think of a lot of things. The mm -hmm. first thing that comes to mind is my Nana. She is the epitome of someone who um, has strength in her life. Mm -hmm. And she embodies it to the fullest. And so when I think of black, I think of the strength that it took like, I love that. to like just like persevere through this like society. And so also when I think of black, I think of love. Because from a, from my family standpoint, I had a lot of love from them. Mm -hmm. And even from my Nana and my aunt, to my cousins, to my brothers, to my sister, and my uncles and aunts, and just like the whole family. Like, I just had unconditional love from them. So when I think of Black, I think of all like the, the unity, like how it, we're a union at the end of the day. Like, we always have someone to, like, go to or as far as, like, society. Like, I know, like, there's this, like, stigma or, like, there's, like, a painted picture where just, like, we get, like, these negative connotations on what it's like mm. to be black. But honestly, when I think of black, the first instinct I think of is just the positive aspects of what it's I like love that. to I, be black. You know, I absolutely. So that is that is beautiful to hear, you know, hearing that black love and all that black positivity is something that comes to mind when you hear the word black that's amazing how do you how do we share that to other kids because i guarantee you that there was other kids that may not feel that that positivity that love that you're talking about in other areas like in certain areas of the country like i i i can guarantee you that there are black kids out here that don't have an identity that think one way about black people. So how do we show black love and black positivity um, out here in the world, or just in the country or out here in the world? So that is a loaded question, <laughs> but um, I feel like it stems from how you view like yourself. I feel like mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with, um, because like growing up, I know I had like some negative, like, um, perspective on what it was like to be black because of the simple fact the environment that I was living in or like the people that I would go to school with or 
the time that I was spending around the most with people was with people who didn't really necessarily appreciate black culture or who didn't understand it. Mm. And I feel like it stems from like a like it goes back to like the family dynamic. Like your family has to be they have to love like their black culture. They mm. have to love themselves and stuff. Mm. And I feel like that automatically just um transfers to like the child. So if you don't Absolutely. necessarily have a family that's like deeply rooted with like their love for their culture mm. then it's obviously going to rub off on you and then you're gonna have this like identity crisis where you're just like fighting a battle but to get back to your question on how we can change this perspective or try to share it with the world is to honestly appreciate more black people and like even just commenting like little things like mm. it could be like compliments towards another black individual appreciating them like make putting them in the limelight and shine like just showing their light and ex yeah. like accepting them and loving them for who they are and i feel like it just it, it's it takes one person but you can easily just transfer that love to the it's like a ripple effect you can just absolutely do that with everyone and i feel like obviously in a perfect world we could touch everyone's hearts but i feel like just the simple fact that you can impact one person a day change will come eventually <laughs> no i no that's that's a great answer i know i gave you a loaded question there but you you answered it very good very gracefully i love it Thank um you. you know for that's that's great to hear because i understand that there are going to be many kids that grow up with parents that aren't going to have a love or going to embrace black culture and somehow that gets lost within that child they don't know exactly what it means to be black because black culture isn't being taught in a household and so i i love that you point that out because i see that you know with a lot of uh, uh commonalities with with black individuals that have um that don't have this sense of pride they didn't grow up with that type of culture of black love i mean yes you can grow around black people and you can hang around black people but if you're not highlighting the things that you just said black love black excellence all these things that make black people great people they are still going to have these negative connotations right negative connotations that maybe society puts on them and or even what they put on themselves and so in order for us to break free of all this and empower ourselves you're absolutely right it has to start from the household it has to start from parents taking pride in who they are and their culture and if they don't it's okay right because what a lot of black individuals understand is that a lot of our culture has been lost a lot of our culture has been washed or whatever and so it's okay to not understand the whole thing of our culture because the one thing about black culture that most people don't understand is that it's very diverse even within the word black right there's different types of black people black people think differently black people vote differently but that's not how we're seen right and so i understand why a lot of black individuals have trouble wanting to take pride because they don't know but the thing is for black individuals that are listening we have to take the time to understand our history and understand our culture and so this is a perfect transition to what, you know, the main thing, black history, right? What does black history mean? And I think we kind of already got into that a little bit, like mm -hmm. what black history means. 
um, it's the it's the highlights, right? It's the highlights of who we are, right? The negatives and the positives, and it's it's a lot of people have controversial opinions about it, but you know the way I see it is that history should be taught in a way that is telling of try to be telling of all stories, right? Because to be at the end of the day, history is a story and stories can be manufactured, stories can be left out. And so what history needs to do is tell a diverse group of stories. And, you know, honestly, we have not seen that in our education. I, I, I bet you can vouch for that, that you haven't seen diverse groups of stories in education or in history books specifically. And a lot of people that look like us can relate to that. Um, but I kind of want to touch in what black history means to you specifically. We'll touch a little bit more on that. I feel like what black history means to me is like the nitty, the gritty, everything about it. Like like the hard times that they like all of our like black ancestors went through. Like even the good times and just expressing and just making those like stories aware to all people like to like to the fullest of like not like knowledge I guess you could say like to the like to the complete honesty of like the story and I know that story like as you were saying like stories could be manipulated they can be manufactured they could be changed and there's always two sides to every story but it's like I feel like with the history that we're being taught within schools it's like in order to really find out like the honest like truth about what we're being taught in our mm. classes we have to go and do it ourselves it's yeah, like come on. these type of things aren't being taught within like the schools and they want to whitewash history or make it seem that america wasn't too bad or the imperialist like ideals weren't mm. being taken into account and just like hurting like they're not making the hurt and the pain like acknowledge like they're mm. not taking accountability for like the hurt and the pain that was caused to the ancestors that we love and appreciate and that brought us to where we are right now like i feel like black history is just constantly just being manipulated and we're never getting like the full take on the whole situation and so i feel like it's a very important aspect of who we are as individuals mm. regardless of where we come from or like where we're going, I feel mm. like we should be taught like the real. Okay. I you know So what do you tell people? I have a question when it comes to that. You know, there're going to be people that have sort of their opposing arguments to black history and why it should be celebrated. Um i.e., for example, um, people may say like it shouldn't be celebrated because we shouldn't highlight that because black history um, is kind of taught already or we don't want to sort of highlight just a singular race of history like say black history month right the opposing argument of why people shouldn't have black history is because they believe that it's kind of they don't want to make it racially divisive, right? Do you feel like, basically what I'm getting at here is do you feel like having a Black History Month is racially divisive in this country? 
I don't think so. And I say this because um, at one point in time, this country was racially divisive. And so I feel like in order for history to not repeat itself, they should teach like what had happened in the past so we don't repeat the same mistakes. Because obviously if there's a lack of knowledge or lack of education when it comes to those, um, like that cause and effect, then um, I feel like there's like there's just like it's just going to it's going to end up repeating itself at the end mm. of the day like i feel like we should take into account of the stories from the past and stuff and i don't feel like it's making a racial divide between society mm. no. i feel like there should like black history month should be a thing and mm. honestly it shouldn't like there shouldn't be just one month of like black history i feel like black history is a part of american history regardless mm. yeah. of whether we Absolutely. celebrate it Absolutely. And then, and, and I think that that's what a lot of people would say, like arguing against that and saying like, okay, well, black history is American history. Why do we need a month for it? What is kind of your argument for that? Of why we need a month for it? Yeah. Even like people agree and say, hey, yes, we agree that black history is American history. So why do we need a month to celebrate black history if it's American history? Is because I feel like the whole society was built on the backs of black Americans. And um, just our whole like nation, there needs to be more appreciation towards black individuals. I feel like within American history, we appreciate the, uh, the George Washingtons, the Abraham Lincolns, and all the other presidents that um so-called built this nation but at the same time there were those individuals who were not necessarily recognized or they were a part of history but they are constantly being wiped out or they're not talked about enough mm -hmm. and i feel like the the decency would be to at least celebrate those individuals we just wipe away in our history or just flip the pages and just um, we just don't recognize them. And I feel like we shouldn't do that. And I and just this like Black History Month is a privilege. Like it's 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 a beautiful thing and it should be celebrated. And that's what I would tell those yeah. people is that we celebrate all of these countless um, white imperialist individuals. But why is it so hard just to show appreciation to those individuals that really went through a hard time? Mm -hmm. in the past and so no oh, that, that's you know that's that's a great argument and um that's that's very interesting to hear you say that and you know i do i try to be uh i try to look at it from both sides but you know at the end of the day it's important like you said to highlight things that have been sort of washed out you know um in this culture and in our history and it's important to shine light and and bring justice and equity for all people um and black history month is one way of doing that and i don't think black history month is the only answer and it's the final answer but for me the way i see it it allows 
black individuals and people that support us the space to allow ourselves to highlight our culture specifically and highlight our history specifically. It gives us that space that this country has never truly given us. If you really think about it, or, or this country has really never given us the space to truly celebrate our culture and to truly celebrate our history. I mean, we still fight for those things today. And so, you know, and, and that's what I kind of think of, of black history. It's a, it's, a, it's a space. It's a cultural space. Like, it's not a physical thing, but it's a cultural space where black people and black individuals and black people and individuals that support black excellence are able to come together in the social space and, and just have joy and laughter and be comfortable in this space that was given to them specifically. I 100% agree that black history should be taught all year round, but I don't think that's the point of Black History Month. The point of Black History Month, to me at least, is to provide a space for black individuals and allies to really support and highlight the positivity, the excellence, the love that black culture brings to the table not the thugs or the violence or the drugs that may come to other people's minds, right? It's a place in a month to really truly highlight ourselves and start changing the images that America has on us. So I, I'm sorry, I went, I went on a little tangent there, but no, it was um, great. you know, um, Black History Month is very interesting to me. And, you know, I was confused about it as a child, like, oh, do we really need it? Is it going to be racially divisive? I grew up in a very, I'm a very thoughtful person and I'm not afraid to ask difficult questions such as, do we truly need Black History Month as an individual? Like for me, I always want to continue to grow and continue to learn as an individual and be as open-minded as possible and look at different solutions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some it's okay to consider, hey, is Black, is, is Black, History Month truly needed to elevate the black community, you know, and it's fair to ask that question. And for me, that's what I did. And this is the conclusion that I came to so far. And I think that, you know, our opinions about what the black community community should do is always changing, is always evolving. And there's never truly one right answer to how to really make the community a better place. There's so many things that can do that. And I honestly truly think that Black History Month does that. It does more good than it does harm. And so I'm agree I am totally on board with that. Um so we're gonna go to a deep question. Okay. okay. Um you know some people may think that this is a question Let's just get into it. I, I'm not even going to talk about it. Is there still racism here in America? And if so, describe what it looks like to you. Yes, there is racism still here in America. And um, I believe, so when I see racism happen, there was this one time I could think of a specific story. Um, it was my brother. He was uh, going, he was just walking down the street and he happened to be just wearing his hoodie and stuff. 
and he was just with his friends and he was also with my other brother and the police officer he had basically kind of grabbed and attacked my brother because he looked like a similar suspect that they were looking for and he ended up scratching my brother in his eye and um it was it was just like a whole situation and my brother was only like 12 or 14 at the time and the suspect that they were looking for was above 20 years old well they actually done a study on officers and they tend to perceive black men like four to five years older than what they actually are so it's kind of which is exactly crazy and so it hurt me that day because i couldn't do anything for him Mm -hmm. and um i don't usually go through that like those types of situations and i believe it does have a lot to do with the simple fact of the color of my skin like being lighter or and just like obviously not a male and so but when i do see like my darker like brothers and like sister like they get um not like they get talked to way differently than i do like sometimes like it'll be like little like types of things where it's um people will speak to them a lot slower or they'll like think that they're like stupid and they'll just they'll make that known within like the conversation that you have with them mm-hmm. and um i feel like just like just little like comments like mm-hmm. it would be i feel like this kind of like it, it I guess you could say it can fit into like racism, like colorism, where um, darker people are treated like less than lighter people are, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even w- so, even within the black community exactly, as within well. Within the black community and within a lot of different types of community, they value or praise lighter skin complexions than they do darker skin complexions. And darker skin complexion people, they deal with a lot more racist like comments or they'll deal with a lot of colorist comments Mm -hmm. or like they will just they'll face a lot of backlash in society and i see it but it's something that i can never really understand because i am not darker yeah so it's like i do see these things happening and when it does happen i try my best to either stand up within the situation or i um like like i just I butt in, I guess you could say, but Uh, I just, I I just, I hate it. I hate it. And it's not something I'm for. So racism is not a good thing. And and I am so glad that you shared your story with, with your brother. Um, you know, I'll share a story with you. You may have, we may have talked about this already, but, um, you know, when I, racism is, is different growing up black in the the suburban area you know you don't really you don't really understand right you don't really understand what what um especially if it was never broken down to you right um my first encounter when i remember being black was actually not with a group of white people but it was a group of hispanics and so my first name is Raphael, but I go by Sean. And back then, I used to have a group of Mexican friends. However, they didn't accept me as truly Mexican because I was black and they would use the N-word, right? And, you know, I didn't think anything. I didn't know what 
the N-word meant or how important that word um, is and what's the history of it. And, you know, it took me some time to actually realize, but I still knew sort of what it meant as it meant that I was different, that I was other. You know, I didn't understand what that word meant, like the history of it, who used it, because when I was, this was like elementary. And when I went to elementary, I didn't go to school um, with white people. And so I would hear that word and I would be so confused because I didn't know what it meant. I just knew that it didn't mean that I was like them. It wasn't, it wasn't until I got into middle school where you really start learning about race and the dynamics within races because I then moved out of a predominantly Mexican and white to just a white suburban area when I was in middle school. And I remember talking about, always talking about the slavery. There was always such a sharp emphasis when it comes to black history on slavery and Jim Crow laws. And, you know, I remember looking through these books and looking at, you know, the the slaves, the old pictures of slaves or people in the segregated fountains and all that stuff. I remember looking through that as a kid and I remember that process of how I felt when we talked about black people and children would look at me and start developing these sort of biases that they probably don't even think about, right? They start to associate me with these qualities, right? Because then I remember specifically right after learning these things that then I've been started to call a the N-word, you know, the N-word that we use in the books, a Negro, right? They would start using that and then it would get to other things and other, other things that were uh, other versions of the N-word, I would say. And so for me, that was really when I started realizing, you know, the racism and my own personal story. And, you know, I've had, you know, racist incidents in high school, but, you know, the one that happened in middle school and elementary are the ones that stick out to me because I, at that time, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that being black was something different, that was something other. I wasn't really understanding that. You know, and I honestly think that if I had Black History, right, if I had that Black History Month, seeing that as a kid, I wouldn't also sort of align myself with what other people thought of me as a kid because I was black. You know, I wouldn't have seen myself as, okay, I'm an other, you know what I mean? In a predominantly white suburb, I'll always be the other, you know, I always have something that's sticking out. And, you know... A lot of people say that they don't see color, right? And I always try to understand that perspective because my whole life, I was forced <laughs> to see color. Exactly. And, and so for me, it's difficult for me to, I guess, understand that perspective when my whole life, I was forced to be a color. I never asked to be black. I never asked. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, when you're born in this world, you don't ask for all these social dynamics, but right. they're still here anyways. Right. And so for me, I don't understand necessarily. Oh, I don't see color argument or I'm colorblind because you're disregarding mm -hmm. the different perspectives 
of what other people feel based on their race. Exactly. And it's a very real thing, right? And people don't want to get the time to know that. They want to get the time to know these stories, the stories that me and you were telling right now. Instead, it's just so much easier to say that I don't see color. Why are we talking about race? Race isn't important. Race, we should get over it. But race is important. Race is something that should be talked about. Because we can't just go from the very birth of this country to damn near its present and not talk about race because race has been a critical factor throughout American history and through what America is now. We are one of the only countries on earth that really like focuses on race. When I used, like I had Asian American friends, they don't even know what the word Asian means. There is no Asian in Japan or China and these Asian countries. There's no such thing. You know, there is, they don't understand. Or people from Middle East, what do they call themselves? What race are they? You know, I hear a lot of, when I spent the summer talking to immigrants, you know, that was the one thing that stood out to them. You know, obviously, I, I truly believe that America is a great place and a, and a great place place for opportunity but the one critique that i do have is its emphasis has always been on race there's always there's always been an emphasis on race all you need to do is a little bit of research and a little bit of just understanding the country your own country all our country that we live in so what what is your opinion about people that say that they're colorblind what do you kind of think of that I feel like it invalidates the whole experience as a person of color. Like it could be, you could tell, you could say that to anyone and it'll just be like, why, like, why are you telling me this? Because obviously the simple fact that you have to state that you're colorblind just makes it seem like you do see color, but you're just trying to, um, push a perspective or try to make yourself look, um, like you care or that you're open-minded and that you're pro-black or that you're pro, like you're pro for the people type of thing but it's like I feel like it, it doesn't necessarily um it doesn't bother me but it does just make me feel like off put like like why are you saying that like mm -hmm. like how you were saying like this whole like we we're a race-based society and how like a lot of like the experiences that people do go through it's based on their race their skin color how they look and like whether they fit like different standards or criteria mm -hmm. or how they are like viewed in society it's mm -hmm. all based on how presentable or what quote unquote you want to say that you are and mm -hmm. so i feel like by saying that it's just like you're just invalidating that person's identity or not even identity but like the way that they are perceived and like the struggles that they had to go through to facilitate their identity and so yeah no absolutely that was that was a great answer to the question um what i want to kind of get on is i understand that individuals you know yeah, we focus there there is I wanted to, I want us to understand one thing is that when we talk about this and this is a deep conversation and you know there's a lot of things that people may disagree with in this conversation. However, I want to make this very clear that we are Americans. 
We all are Americans. Let me let me just get that clear. Whites are Americans, blacks are Americans. We are when we talk about these things, it's not being anti-American. It is anything one of the most patriotic things we can do, right? Is as black people is to use our voice and use our culture to express ourselves and to be free and to just have this space for our own without it being manipulated, right? And and that's it. And we, it is not anti-American. To be honest with you, a lot of, mo- most black people love America. Most, if you really talk to them and understand that most black people love this country, no matter what it has done to them in the past, they still have love for this country because if they didn't have love for this country, they wouldn't be trying, they wouldn't be pushing this, they wouldn't have this hope, they wouldn't have this future, right? Since black people have been freed and they have fought for America while they were still enslaved during the Civil War, or American or black Americans that have fought in World War II just to come home to a segregated, broken America. People, blacks have sacrificed their lives and even Vietnam and still don't get the, the proper health care and they don't they don't get to the proper health care to fix what they have served. Like I feel as though that black Americans, when they speak about things like this. They're not being anti-American, and I want to I, I I want us to understand that very clearly when we talk about things like that because when we talk about situations like this, people may see this as anti-American, but truly think about it: is it anti-American? Is it anti-American to want to celebrate some a group that has been sort of marginalized in this country for hundreds of years. Is it un-American to celebrate that? We are a place of different cultures and diversity. That is what we tell other countries. That is what we tell other countries. That's what people come here for. It's the melting pot of the world. But we need to have discussions like this. We need to be open-minded. We need to understand that there are differences and that there are different races and different races have different cultures. And we must understand each and every one because look, I can say the one thing, you can learn a lot. You can learn from different people from different races, right? You can learn, right? It's not saying that all white people are bad. I would never say that, right? I have a white stepfather. I've grown up around white people. I have a white best friend. But I also have black best friends. You know, I also have other people. Like, I am trying to be as open-minded as possible. And I love all people, right? But we have to acknowledge something, right? We have to acknowledge something. We have to hear the whole story. We have to put away our biases and actually listen to what people are saying and what people are crying out in our communities are needing. And, you know, I am so glad that I have Sochil here, the president of BSU, 
that is moving the needle here on our campus. And, you know, from the moment that she has gotten this job, she has done a phenomenal job on promoting the black history and the black excellence and bringing that culture here on campus at Dixie State University in Utah, in Utah. So I, I am so glad to have you on the show and to have and to hear your perspective. And I'm sure a lot of students loved and will and would love this perspective that you give. And, you know, I'm just so glad to have you on the show once again. So chill. Do you have any, do you have anything to say? I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, you're good. I really, really appreciate this experience. Um, I'm so glad that you let us be able to talk and just give like our insight and stuff. Like I can only speak from my perspective. I Absolutely. can't really speak from like the other people that are a part of my team, but um, all I could say is that I'm just glad that you even gave us an opportunity to even be able to be on your podcast. And so I just hope like all the black students or non-black students that are listening could just really gain perspective from like all of like the stories that we talked about and just like the little topics and the tangents and the stuff that we went on. And I hope that they can gain something from it. And so if anything, just stand with us in solidarity. That's all. So. Absolutely. Powerful yeah. words by Miss Sochil here. Powerful words. Um, once again, oh, actually, guys, let me tell you something real quick before we wrap everything up. Sochil was actually the one that designed my podcast cover. So not only is she president of BSU, she is an amazing artist, an amazing designer as well she expresses her creativity through her work it's beautiful it's beautiful work um but i wanted to let that be known because somebody dm'd me and said hey why didn't you shout out that one girl that made your podcast cover um but here she is she's now here on my podcast so and it's amazing and i'm so glad once again that you're here we i think we shared a very powerful message that everyone can hear and everyone can take something from this you know black history month this is ending um we're on the last um leg of the week but it's not over it's not over um black history month should be celebrated all throughout the year black excellence should be celebrated all throughout the year and once again thank you so much for coming on the show and uh for my royal fans if you got something out of this which i know you did I know you did. We were dropping a lot of gems here. This was a great conversation. Please share the podcast. That's the only fee I ask. Peace.